All right, welcome to episode 44 of the Bobbycast here on uh, Monday. Is it Monday? Yeah. yeah. Monday. It's Mike D over there. I'm Bobby. Um, you know what's funny? We did the last Bobbycast without a guest, and I thought, ah, everybody's going to hate this one. I actually didn't. You know, I, I was surprised there were so many people that were like, hey, I actually like both versions, but when you guys are just talking and then when you're not. So um, we have rescheduled Shane McAnally, who's a huge writer, written a ton of songs. Uh, for this week, so that will be Thursday. Yep. True. Yeah. Um. Right. Yep. 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 Making sure your mic. People go. complain. <laughs> they can't hear you. Uh. So that'll be Thursday. So I thought we'd hop on and uh do another one to kind of catch up with some things. By the way, Mike D has the the freshest haircut of the week. You get do you get text? No, it's you. I don't think so. <laughs> Is it me? Yeah, it's you. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's from Morgan. Uh, how much does your haircut cost? Twenty four dollars. Do you have a special one stylist that you go to, or do you go to a place? I go to a place that I like everybody there, but the last girl who did it was the one who's done it the past couple times. Do you learn? Because Mike has this thing going where he shaves, the size of the heads are, is really short, mm-hmm. and he takes it, and he takes the top and pushes it all over to the right. Yeah, it's the wave. The wave. Yeah. Now, do you have them teach you how to do that? Uh, yeah, like the first time I went there, they kind of styled it that way. And then I just ask for the same thing every time. You ask for the wave. Yeah. And they know what the wave is. Yeah. Man, look at you. I, it was funny. Like, for me, if you were to ask me, like, who are the funniest people on the planet? Like, right now. In my mind, it's Chris Rock, Ricky Gervais, and Adam Carolla. Like, to me, those are the funniest people, like, that exist to me, right, you know, from, from everything. And it was three years ago, I guess yesterday, the day before. Mm-hmm. That you posted the picture of you with Adam Carolla because you're also a big Adam Carolla fan. Yeah. And that's the picture that started your weight loss. Yeah. And it is crazy. And I bring up your hair because you're like a whole different person now. But it's crazy to look at you then. What you, do you know what you weighed? I was like 280. How tall point. are you? 5'8". Five, 5'8", eight. Five, eight, 280. Yeah. It's crazy to look at that picture of you with Adam Carolla from three years ago. To today, it's like a different person. Yeah, it's, the, I, it's like I barely remember that person. That I was like, "Yeah, come on in, you can intern for the show." I have no idea who that person was anymore. It's weird to look at. And I know we talked about that on the last one, but you posted that picture again, and that's so why Adam Carolla retweeted. Yeah. And I was like, "That's cool that, that he really cool. that he retweeted it." So yeah, I congrats on that. You, you thought that was cool though, too, right? Yeah, like I got the notification on my phone. I was like, "Adam Carolla just tweeted me." <laughs> Yeah, because Adam, I mean, I think Adam Carroll is both of our, one of our favorite people. Yeah. Like, he's always so funny. Uh, let me say this. Sleep Number is one of the sponsors of the Bobbycast. We appreciate them. I have a Sleep Number bed like eight feet from where I am right now in the room right next door to this. Because I do this this Bobbycast from upstairs in my house. It's not my living room, which some people say that when they're talking about it, but it's, uh, it's a bedroom. Remind me after I talk about Sleep Number for a second. I got to talk about doing Clay Travis's show this morning. Okay. Because people are... And then how I do both shows at the same time. Okay. That became like the controversial <laughs> thing online today. Uh, my sleep, sleep number bed, I have to get good sleep. You know, I wake up really early, obviously. And it's as important to me and to you, hopefully, as a healthy lifestyle or a balanced diet or regular exercise. And if you're not sleeping your best, it's probably time to replace your mattress. At a sleep number store, you go in and I, I went in and I laid on the bed and what happens is you lay there and you look up you ever been to a sleep number store? Yeah. And you look at, do you have a sleep number bed? I don't. 
Do you have the one when you stay here? Is that a sleep number? I slept on the one here, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, and so you lay on, and it shows like your back and your neck and on this screen, this computer screen. It says, okay, they're like, hey, they can tell why you're kind of messed up. So they give you a sleep number that is like your ideal comfort. My sleep number is a 30. My sleep IQ last night was like, I, don't, I forgot to look, probably usually high 80s or something. So going to a sleep number store, save $400 on the most popular P5 Queen mattress. You'll find any of the 500 sleep number stores nationwide. You can only get a sleep number at the sleep number store. Can't spit that out. Sleep at number store. 800 next bed, and be sure to tell them that you heard it here on the Bobby Cast, Bobby Bone Show, whatever you want to say. It's all good with me. So there's that. Um, okay, so this morning during the show, I always like to give people a kind of behind the scenes that I don't want to go into like the minutia of how the morning show works on the morning show because mm-hmm. I feel like there are other things to talk about, and we don't get as long form to talk about. But so I went during our show this morning and did another radio show while our show was happening and people were like wait how did that happen are you lying are you no what happened was we planned it out because i started uh, clay travis is one of my favorite sports radio guys uh he lives here in nashville and i used to hate the guy i was just i, I was just like man this dude's a total like douche now, now the reason I hated him is the reason I think he's really fantastic at what he does. He just makes you feel something. Who cares? Yeah. Love or hate, you're just like, oh, man, that guy really either gets it on my nerves sometimes or and other times I really like him. But he's just fantastic at radio. And I hardly ever uh, – I sometimes agree with sometimes don't, but I respect the fact that he makes me feel things. It's like Charlemagne. Like I don't always agree with Charlemagne, but I'm like, man, he either gets under – and he's one of my best friends. It's like best friends – like best – Radio friends. It's like he either, um, he makes you feel something. And so Clay Travis and I have become friends. And so he's like, hey, come over and, and do the show because Arkansas lost last night. That was a rough one for me. Um, and so what happened was Little Big Town song now, Better Man, mm-hmm. is a, over a four-minute song. And we went from Little Big Town Better Man into a four-minute commercial break. I had eight minutes. So as soon as I hit that song, I went three doors over and hopped into a studio and did a seven and a half minute or so segment and then came right back and hopped right back on the air. There were no bells and whistles to that except timing (laughs) because we said, okay, Uh, Morgan ran over and talked to their producer and she said, hey, Bobby can come over at 7.08. Like it's down to the minute that much. And so I posted a picture on Instagram of me in Clay Travis' studio this morning, Outkick the Coverage, Mm. his his show Outkick and he has the Outkick the Coverage website. And people were like, oh, Bobby's not even there today. Oh, he's doing another show. How is this live? No, no, no. It's just timing. There are times that we record things. And sometimes I'm wondering, like, you know, should I even say that this is recorded? Or if you don't know it's recorded, is there a difference? Like, if I'm watching an episode on TV and I don't know it's a rerun, to me it's still new. So why would I even want to know for my own good? It's like, why would I even want to know it's a rerun if I'm enjoying it? If I feel like it's the first time, like, let's say you were the girl. Yeah. <laughs> Bad one. Um, so sometimes if we have to fly out early, like let's say I have, like tomorrow, because today's Monday, tomorrow you and I have to leave at like 9.20 or something. To, to We have a, a flight to go to New York because I have dinner with the CEO of our company. And so I have to record a segment, maybe two segments, 
for that late 9 o'clock, 9 to 10. Some of our affiliates don't even run the last hour of the show. But I don't feel like I need to come on and go, hey, this is a recorded segment, but we recorded it like 30 minutes ago. (laughs) So it's just that thing where we're not trying to fool anyone, but it's, I think, if you don't know, you probably enjoy it more with it, you feeling like it's live. And that's always been my, like when some of the huge artists come through and they only have X amount of time or if my schedule's crazy and I only have X amount of time maybe in the afternoon, sometimes on interviews we'll go up and record them. We'll present them like they're new. Not most of the time, but sometimes if it's a big enough star to do that with. because If it's either my fault or their fault with time because I want to get them on and so we'll go up and record it. And I could come on and go, hey, we recorded this. But I always feel like, one, that's a waste of time. And two, it makes people feel like, ugh, I'm listening to a recorded interview. Yeah. And that's just me making that decision. I think it's just a style thing. You know, like the, you know, the Breakfast Club, for example. They have their – and they have a great show. They're the hip-hop show. I talk about them all the time. They're the equivalent to us in country. Not – I don't think we're great. But they're like – they're the big hip-hop show. We're the big country show. Elvis Duran's the big top 40 show. Um, different formats mm-hmm. um, Enrique Santos um, so what they do is all of their artists come in the day before and they record them and they record a promo on their phones and, go, and you know it's like Kevin Hart and he goes hey I'll be on tomorrow well Kevin Hart didn't come by just to record that promo on the phone he was actually doing the interview and they presented it live but it's just a, it's, and I don't think they're trying to fool anybody and we don't either but sometimes I'm just like, you know, I think it's just better, a better listening experience if you don't know. You just feel like it's there. So, yeah, that's the truth of it. It was live. Um, and there you go. The end. The controversy is over. <laughs> and it's not that we're trying to fool anybody. I just think the listening experience is better. So that was one, one of the things this morning that happened. Um, also, Eddie called out Nada for going on another podcast, who are also my friends. And they do a podcast in Seattle, Carla Marie and Anthony. And she was talking about being really, 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 really good friends with Ed Sheeran for off and on for two and a half years. She would never say that on our show. Because I tried to get her a couple times. Like, hey, because yeah. I knew. But I respect somebody's privacy like that. I was like, hey, no, you're not every day. No. Okay, well, I, and I wasn't even going to say anything about it. But Eddie said something about it. And then I noticed she posted on our Facebook page too. And so I let Eddie kind of, Throw her under the bus. <laughs> it was during that segment of throw under the bus uh, this morning. But so there was that. Yeah. I mean, Ed right now is the biggest pop star in the world. That'd be good for our show. Yeah. The club isn't the best place to find a lover, so the bar is where I go. Me and my friends at the table doing shots, tripping fast. And- I really wasn't irritated. I just thought it was weird because it probably came up. And she just went with it. And I mean, they're, but I don't even know how they would know. What do you think about that? No idea how they would. What? That. Your thoughts? I mean, if I dated someone to that high profile, well, I, I would. I, I'm saying that would you have. Did you think it was weird she went on their podcast and talked about it and not our radio show? Yeah, but I think it was more of a thing that it kind of spilled out. Like maybe they brought it up and she just kind of went with it. But how would they know to begin with? That's the thing I don't know. How do they know even to get to that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lindsay's sending me pictures because she has a show tonight. 
And so it's it's some show with like Melissa Etheridge and Cam and her she has a, an EP that comes out and EP is like a half a record. Mm-hmm. It's like a selection of songs. Extended play, I think is maybe look at what EP means. That is correct. Is that right? Extended play, yep. And LP, I always thought meant long play, but I don't know. I, I don't just know what LP is. But LP is a full record. Yeah. So she's putting out six songs and uh, you know, I I'm not gonna play all of them now, but she's playing tonight and she's gonna play a couple of those songs. But I'm gonna go out tonight. She sent me a picture, like, hey, what do you think I should wear? Like I had like I don't it does, Nothing? It does say long playing for LP. It does say long play? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just assumed that's what the L meant. But she has like uh this song we've played before. This is called uh, Waiting on You. And it's six songs. What's not to like about this new love song? Comes out Friday. Midnight kisses slow, dances in the rain. But you got my heart beating fast. I've played this before. I'm excited for her to have music out. I know she's excited about it. The weirdest thing is, and I'm not going to play it here, is that, so I'm sure she'll talk about this, but... Before she started making this new music, her producer said, hey, find a favorite album and remake the whole thing. You do all the instruments. Have we talked about this before? Uh, I don't think on here. Okay. And so you do everything. You have to play every instrument on it and remake the whole album. And so, because she plays all these instruments. And so she did uh, John Mayer Continuum. And so she did every song from the record, played every instrument, like from guitars to drums to flutes. I don't even know what she did. But so she does it all and she makes it and really, really no idea to put any of that out. And so her record label was like, hey, you should put one of these out. And then they pick the song because she just has all of them. And you just make, make a bunch of music basically and you let your label kind of pick mm-hmm. because they're the ones who put the money behind it. And the song that they picked is my favorite John Mayer song of all time, which is kind of weird, which is Stop This Train. So she does a cover of Stop This Train. Which is kind of weird and kind of comes back full circle. Actually, you know, I have the lyrics to stop this train down in my kitchen. Yeah. So this whole song's about like getting older and you know how you want to stop the train and then because you want to just you don't want to get any older, but then it's like ah, I don't stop the train, just kind of enjoy it as life goes. But she has a cover of this song. No, I'm not colorblind. I know the world is black and white. So that'll be interesting. It comes out Friday. I don't know. You may hear this after Friday. So, um, there's that that's going on. Where are we at in time here? We are about 15 minutes in. What do you want to talk about? Anything on your mind? Uh, I don't know, man. I'm kind of excited to hear that version she did. I've heard a couple that she did from The Continuum. But you haven't heard that one? I haven't heard that one. No, I mean, like, on your mind, mind. Like, what's on your mind right now? Oh, I don't know, dude. Um, just throwing to you. Sometimes people like to hear you talk. <laughs> I got about a hundred things I can talk about. Okay. I just wonder what's on. Today was Mike D's first day, like not being here for most of the day. Yeah. So I, I talked about before how everybody, I try to build a pipeline to get everybody in to the show that I want in the show and that nobody's ever just been like, hey, you're fully hired. Everyone's had to like struggle to get in, including myself. And so Morgan worked, for lack of a better term, as my assistant for a long time until I could get her in. And now Morgan's a full-time producer and is not working for me at all on a personal level, running that, that nutty thing that's the radio show. Mike D is answering phones as, been, as my assistant, but now Mike D's like doing all this show stuff now. And Mike D, the only time he came up here was today to do this. This is the first day because I, 
you kind of graduated up and I hired somebody new there. <laughs> so everybody growing up, man. And how did, how was it today? It was good. Yeah. What did you do in your first day? Like, I went to get this haircut. Yeah. I hit up the gym. Got a nap in. Dang. Head over here. Do you think you're gonna get bored? I don't think so. Should I talk about Blue Apron? Yeah. Not all ingredients are created equal. Uh, right now, there is a box of Blue Apron on my counter. I say that all the time. Sometimes, it, sometimes I say there's not. There, there's right now. Blue Apron for less than $10 per person per meal. They deliver seasonal recipes with pre-portioned ingredients, and you can make home-cooked meals. Lots of variety. New recipes every week. Or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you, too. They can send you recipes that... Recipes aren't even repeated within a year. You'll never get bored. Customize recipes. Each meal has a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-portioned ingredients that can be prepared in 40 minutes or less, and it's guaranteed that the freshness guarantee every ingredient arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right, but they're not going to have to do. Like a Lunchbox eats Blue Apron faster than I do. Lunchbox eats Blue Apron, and he doesn't even get paid. He doesn't even do it. I think he pays for Blue Apron. <laughs> for me, I don't have to pay for it anymore because I do these. Yeah. I used to pay for it. But I don't anymore. Just talking honestly. But Lunchbox, I don't even think you... I should get him a hookup. Now, think about it. <laughs> Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash bobbycast. Blueapron.com slash bobbycast. You'll love how good it feels and tastes. Blue Apron, don't wait. Blueapron.com slash bobbycast. Put that there. You'll get that three meals for free too. Blueapron.com slash bobbycast. A better way to cook. A lot of people are asking, like, when lunch, when's Lunchbox going to do the bobbycast? Eventually, he will. I don't... I, this thing's gonna last forever. I don't want to hammer everybody in the show. I think I probably got too many people on too quick. Because mm-hmm. I'll get Ray up here. I'll get Lunchbox up here first of all. And I'll get Ray up here. I think Eddie's fun to have come and just talk about stuff with. Um, not, I think everybody comes up here eventually. But I think we need some big one for Lunchbox to come up here. But I don't think it's right now. People are put Lunchbox will be on. Everybody, Lunchbox will be on. Um, another Lunchbox, like not even controversy, but when I did my book, and I've talked about this before, people asked me about it. When I did my first book, I'm writing my second one right now, I guess my only book. When I did my, that book, I sent off like 300 pictures to the book company. Mm-hmm. The only picture, there were two pictures I knew they were going to use. The front picture where I'm holding the roses upside down, and that wasn't even taken for the book. That was taken for a Raging Idiots picture because I was just, I, I was, I'm wearing like crappy jeans and, Slippers. Slippers. <laughs> yeah. And I had those flowers because we were doing a Raging Idiots, um, like if I was your boyfriend shoot. And I was like, hey, let's take a picture. And the photographer, Robert, at my record label took the picture and I was like, that's got to be the cover of the book. And so that's how that happened. That picture I knew. The inside picture where I'm sitting, there's a picture of me just sitting at the radio, um, it's like microphone, like on the first page of the book. Eddie took. And he didn't take it for the book but take it for something else, and you'll see whenever the credits are on the front page, it's this picture by Eddie Garcia. Mm. So that was the only two pictures that I knew were going to be in the book. And they had me send, I'm not going to say 300, but hundreds of pictures. And they didn't pick any with Lunchbox in them. So people think I left Lunchbox out of the book. I didn't know pictures they were going to take, ever, until I got the book back, and he wasn't in any of the pictures. Um, I talk about him quite a bit in the book. Yeah. So he wasn't like not in the book, but... They may have used 20 pictures or so. Maybe. I don't, I haven't, I'm telling you, I read that thing one time and I was done. I can't. It, there's one that's extra that's laying around the house. I don't even like looking at it. <laughs> uh, it's just it, that, that thing's weird. I'm writing a second one right now. Sucks. How's the second one going? Sucks. Sucks. 
It's just like a, I don't even know I'm, But anyway, Lunchbox was not left out on purpose of that. Lunchbox has been with me longer than anybody has been, longer than Amy. I mean, he's the, we've been together 14 years, I think. And so, yeah, people will ask about that. And that's the real answer. I sent a ton of pictures. And except for the first two, I didn't pick any of them. But also, when I wrote the book, my book now, Bare Bones, I didn't write the exact order of the book. I wrote it in lots of stories, and my editor helped piece it together. And so you think I wrote it from like beginning to end. I wrote a lot of stories, and then she went and took it and kind of put different like puzzle pieces. Because I didn't start it when I wrote it, how it starts with me auditioning for a TV show with Deion Sanders. That's how the book starts. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a really interesting way to start it because I wrote that story, but it wasn't in that way. But that's what editors are for. Anybody that writes a book, you have to write all the time and you send it off to – maybe I'm just stupid. Maybe I, maybe they make me do that because I know what I was doing. <laughs> My experience with writing a book is you write 1,000, 2,000 words. You send it to an editor. They keep it till they have about 8,000 words and they send it all back and go, well, this mostly sucks. Here's the stuff that's okay. Here's the stuff that's not. And then you keep going until I think my book has to be minimum 60,000 words, which is a lot. For me, it's a lot. And so, but you don't know a lot until it actually comes out. I, I would imagine it's like an actor that's doing a movie and yeah. you shoot all this stuff and you kind of don't know what's in it until you go and watch it or what order it's in until you go and watch it because you shoot it all out of order too. Sometimes they don't even get the full script. And, right. <laughs> and some, yes, or a TV show when you don't get the full script or you don't know how it ends. But that was that and I'm in the middle of writing the second book now and it's, I, did, did, I forget what I've talked about on the radio show and what I've talked about here, but when it came down to writing the second book, I wanted to write, and that's what, this is what I ended up doing my TED Talk on, um, was winning by losing, which just means you should allow yourself to screw up as much as you possibly can. That means you're chasing things, like chase away and don't be afraid to fail, because when you fail, you actually learn, and if you really want it, you'll keep failing and you'll keep learning until you get it. Like I believe that it's, if it's physically possible that you can do it. You're not going to dunk a basketball if you're 5'2 and can't jump. I don't, you know, you're not going to. So I don't believe anything is possible, but I do believe it's, if it's physically possible and you really want it, you got a great shot if you just continue to, to, to go after it. And so that's what I was doing the book on. And so that's what I did my TED Talk on. And the, the beauty of the TED Talk was is that I screwed up all during the TED Talk. And this will be the only time that I talk about this in long form because at first my goal was for no one to notice and for it to come out and then yeah. people debate <laughs> on what's real and what wasn't. And so, and I, I touched on this on the radio show a bit, but the whole talk was about it's okay to screw up, like screw up a lot. And I started the talk, the TED Talk, by saying I sent a talk into TED, an idea, and they rejected me. And so then I sent them a talk on rejection and failure, and they accepted me. That was a great opening. And the whole thing was hand-drawn little crappy drawings and maps that weren't drawn to scale and misspelled word and a broken microphone. Like, here's the thing. When it comes out on video, you'll see the mics. On a TED Talk, you wear it on your ear. And the microphone's wrapped around your ear like a wire. It's put in there pretty good. And it has this wire that comes down with the microphone at the bottom of it. Oh, I'm giving away all my secrets here. But that's okay. If you're listening to this, you deserve to hear the secrets. I feel like this is the secret place where I can come with people. If you're listening to this and you're this far into it, you deserve to hear the secrets. 
because there's only a small percentage that care enough, one, to listen to this podcast, two, to get this deep in. Like, I appreciate you if you're listening right now, and that's why I feel like if you listen to this, you should know the secrets. You'll see on it my microphone falls off at the end, and I have to, like, adjust and fix it, and it won't fix exactly, and so I take it, and I just use my hand. It looks like the whole thing's falling apart all throughout the show, and it's all planned. I planned the whole thing. But I wanted to show you could keep screwing up and keep going. Even at the end when the microphone falls off my ear and, I'm, and I have to hold my, use it with my hand. And it's tiny and I'm like, oh, so my microphone's broken. <laughs> it was all to prove that you can screw up and make something still work. And so I, like an idiot, posted a picture of one of the misspelled words. And that's where I, I should have never posted on my Instagram the how do I be successful picture. Yeah. Because then people were like, oh, you misspelled it. And then I had to kind of explain what happened. Like, yeah, I misspelled it, but it was, ah, you'd be the judge if it was on purpose or not. I'm just saying in this podcast that you'll see if you watch it, the whole thing is done to suck. But at the same time, to show you can be successful while sucking and to keep trying. But I'm not going to talk about that anymore. This is the only time. <laughs> because I really wanted there to be a debate on if I was really that stupid or if that was on purpose. And both. The answer really is both. I am pretty stupid. Um, but those parts were on purpose. And so, yeah, it was, that was fun. That was, I got a little bit nervous. Really? Just because it was academic. Like intimidated kind of? No, not intimidated. Okay. I, for me, I do stand-up and I'll do motivational talks. I felt like in the middle of all these really smart talks, it had to be a little bit of both. Because people didn't expect me to come out and nail them with geography, the history of the bones of the 14th century mm-hmm. Homo sapien. You, you expect a little bit of humor. And so I kind of felt like I needed to, to, one, give knowledge and inspire and be funny. And I was like, wow. And, and I was really, there was a lot of pressure I put on myself because I really wanted to do that. So some of it was self inflicted. And before, I don't really get nervous before I perform anymore because I've screwed up so many times that I've done as bad as you can do. I mean, I do you remember the Jason Aldean thing where it's like, yeah. do you remember that? Where I flipped, yeah. like I've done as stupid a stuff as you can do. Die hard work. Yeah, I was. I mean, you couldn't get. I, I so that part of it, but I think because it meant so much, and I always tell people they're going to perform it before they get nervous. Like, it's awesome that you're nervous because this means something. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not nervous, who cares? It doesn't mean anything. If you're nervous, if you have, if you feel your heartbeat in your neck, if you feel your heartbeat in your wrist before you go do something, that's because it means something. What does it mean? I don't know. Maybe it's that you're not comfortable with it, and it's you got a grade. Maybe you have to go speak, and you're gonna get an A or an F. Maybe it means that. Maybe it means you have a presentation at work you got to pull off, and you don't want to look down in front of the boss. Maybe it means you got a record coming out. You're gonna play a big performance in front of you know thousands of people. It's all different. But if you're nervous about it, it's because it means something good or bad. You can be bad. Like I went to the doctor on last week and I had to get my vein. I'd flown. And so my main doctor is still in Austin mm-hmm. for four years. Crazy. I love my doctor in Austin. So I haven't changed. So my doctor is still however many miles it is from Nashville to Austin away. And so I went and I was going to get some uh, blood work done because I've purposely lost and I've kept myself at about 10 pounds below my normal weight. I think I weighed this morning. I was 153. I'm six foot 
a little more. If I have the right shoes on, I'm six one. <laughs> but I'm easily six foot, one fifty three, right now, and like one fifty two point eight. So I'm I'm about 10, 10 pounds lighter. Because in the next few weeks, I'm going to know if this stupid TV thing that we've been adjusting for the past nine months is going to work or not. I know I've been saying that forever, but we have another form. Like, we did a version of the show. We liked it. The network didn't. Then we did another version of the show. The network liked it. We didn't. Now we have one. We have another one that we've kind of met in the middle on. And we're going to see what happens. And it doesn't matter who, what, where. But it could not work. And we just start from scratch and start over again. But I've kept my weight down because if it starts, it just starts. It's like, okay, we got the show. Let's go. Um, and so I kept my weight down. But when I've lost this weight, I feel weak. And like, and I don't know if it's because I don't have weight or if it's because I'm getting older. But I had all this blood work done. A little nervous about what comes back. Okay, I, I'm always nervous when I go to the doctor. I never went to the doctor growing up. So the doctor makes me nervous. The dentist makes me nervous. I never went to the dentist ever until I was in my 20s. And, you know, until I could afford insurance when I was 25 or 26, I never went to the dentist. And so when you grew up, you know, you just didn't go to the doctor where I came from. You just fixed it at home. But, yeah, I mean, I'm nervous about that so, because it means something. My point is, if you get nervous, that's because it means something. So I embrace the nerves and know that having nerves is awesome because, well, unless it's like you got, like, you know, the herp test. <laughs> Different kind of nerves. Yeah, but if you have nerves for, yeah, like I embrace nerves, but I was a little nervous because it meant something to me. And I say a little nervous, like 15%. Mm. But I walked out, and luckily I'm comfortable on stage because I've been doing stand up. And I can pull myself off stage for four months, and then it's kind of a re, you have to readjust and get comfortable again. Uh, but I, I've been on the road so much doing stand up that I felt comfortable pretty quickly. And I got a laugh immediately. And it's like, don't you get that first one? You're like, oh, okay, I can do this. They don't hate me. It's like I'm back in junior high again. It's like, okay, they like me. I kind of fit in for a second, so let me do it. And I followed like someone who had won like a Pulitzer Prize or or the Time Time Magazine magazine, photo of the year. And then the person after me was doing a thing on like robotics and and the human body and prosthetics. And in the middle is a freaking radio DJ who got lucky writing a book and who's a mediocre singer and just kind of funny. And it's like, hey, here I am. And so I really felt like everybody was like, what is this guy doing? So I felt like I had to hit it. And I, I felt like it was pretty good. Like I would give myself a passing grade and I have my own worst credit. Good God. Um, but I, I came off not hating myself. And a lot of times I'll come off and just be disgusted with myself. And I have to stop doing that. Oh, yeah, I thought it was awesome, man. And you never know, really, if it was good or not, because somebody comes off and it, if so, like, and I have friends that perform and something come off stage, and I there are nights that I'm off. I had an off night in Raleigh a couple weeks ago, and there are nights where I'm off, and I just know it wasn't good. And when people are like, "Hey, you know what? That was good," I'm always like, "Oh, stop! Like, don't <laughs> tell me it's because I'll never believe you." Now you know if you can say, "Hey, this this one part here was good." Um, yeah, there was a part here. If I'm asking, like, for me, the weirdest thing is if I finish a show and let's say Rod, my boss, mm-hmm. who's over all the iHeart stations, country stations, <clears throat> he comes in and he goes, "Wow, what a good show today!" And I'm like, "Why didn't you say that on Tuesday? Is that not a good show?" Because he only says that when he really means it. So 
I am way too my, into my own head. And I, <laughs> as I talk it out loud, I realize how crazy I actually am. But I wish I could be more like Eddie at times. Eddie and I were talking about this today. Eddie's like, I have no stress. And Lunchbox has, like, he too is like, I have no stress about any sort of, they're just like, we just live life. And like, I have such anxiety about everything. But I guess that's why we are like who we are. If I didn't have anxiety about everything, I probably wouldn't want to do a hundred things. <laughs> Um, eventually, I'm just going to combust and die. Uh, 32 minutes in. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that I wanted to talk about? Because I just wanted to hop on. It would have been a week before we did another one. Um, so if you're coming to Nashville or you're in Nashville, I have a stand-up comedy show in April in Nashville. It's the one that I'm doing. I wanted to do a, a show in Nashville. Um, I did a couple like workshop shows where I went out and practiced stuff, a couple shows for small theater, but I'm doing one in actual the city, and so that's um, April 20-something. But you can go to bobbybonescomedy.com. Pretty much all the other shows are sold out. We're trying to get some more dates put on. The reason that I haven't done, because uh, a lot of people in Austin will say, hey, why, why haven't you done Austin? you done Boston, and Sacramento, and all these other cities. Well, because we had a Raging Idiot show at the Rodeo, that we were committed to. And there's a radius time clause when you do shows. You can't do something like X months before or after. And we had committed to that show a long time prior. And, and so we the raging again. And then we're playing I Heart Country in May and kind of the same thing. We can't do something. So eventually we'll be back. I'm trying to get everywhere. And that's the goal. We're going to shoot a, a special. Um, but and we're trying to hit as many of, of cities as possible, even like Oklahoma City and Tulsa. Like I'm trying to get everywhere. I just like to see people's faces too. It always reminds me who I'm talking to. Like yeah. it's the weirdest thing. I right? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It really is a because we sit in our room with each other and talk to each other, and you just you never forget who you're talking to. But it's always awesome for it just to punch you in the face again that. You're talking to real humans every single day. Because sometimes we just feel... And, and I think the, the beauty of the show at times is we're just talking to each other, right? Like we're just talking to each other and there's nothing really in our way. We're just a bunch of friends. That's why sometimes the show is awful and that's why sometimes the show is really good. And there's not a lot of metal bits with us. They're either really good or really bad. Mm-hmm. And the success of our show is we're just a bunch of friends sitting in a room. But when I get to go do these shows, I go out and I meet the people who actually listen to a bunch of friends talking. And it's like... It's really cool and like it makes it 3D, makes the radio show 3D to me because I never, until I started going on the road all the time, I never really, you just, you get in your habit. You're at home, I write my, my stupid little book, I practice, I work out, I get ready for the next show. But when you go on the road, I get to meet literally hundreds of people every weekend that listen to the show and they tell you what they like and sometimes what they don't like and it's like, okay. And it just kind of resets me like, oh, she listens with her kids. <laughs> you know, it's 7.20, she listens all the time or she hears tell me something good every morning. And so, I I mean, it, I think it makes the show better because it doesn't, it, it takes me out of the bubble. A bit. Sometimes when I get tired uh, on a Monday, I come in, I probably drag a butt a little bit. Um, and the weeks, because I'll usually do 27 days on and then a day off. Because Sundays are travel days and that, that, that's a day on for me because it's not a day of rest. Like, I won't get until 1, 2 p.m., so the whole day's been traveling. So I usually do 27 days on and then a day off. <clears throat> but, yeah, so uh, bobbybonescomedy.com. We'll be announcing a whole new set of shows. We did not expect the comedy tour to be to be as successful ticket-wise as it is. 
and it's actually going pretty well too. I wouldn't tell you to come if it, I. I think it's an entertaining show. Because if it wasn't, I'd be like, you know what? I'll just go back and do Raging Idiot stuff. Because that's that's like a ball of fire. That's not even that good. It's just fun as crap. Like I, I used to be like, Raging Idiots suck. I don't even say that anymore. It's just like the Raging Idiots is the most fun. It's one of the most fun shows you'll go to. Because we don't take ourselves seriously. We play a bunch of covers. We are, I mean, it's out of control. I laugh at our band. <laughs> uh, you didn't go to the rodeo. Yeah. But at one point, because I don't no one even knows the set list and it's the different cast of characters every show <laughs> and sometimes I'll just say, "Hey, because we can all we can talk to each other on stage and no one can hear us." I'll be like, "Let's try Tonic if you could only see." And everyone's like, "Huh? I don't even know if I know that song." And I just started, "If you could only see the way she loves, you know that song? No. Maybe you find a way." No. I'll play it for you. But anyway, it's just an example of a song. And then people that know it jump in and people that don't. And we just kind of go. And we have really good players, too, if it's Natalie Stovall or Brandon Ray or Lindsay L. I have a drummer and a bassist. They're always in the band, but they stay. And everybody else kind of rotates out with Eddie and I. So you'll know this tonic song when I play it here. If you could only see the way. No? No. Huge hit. Baby, you would understand. Why I feel this way about I love nothing Nothing What I must do Maybe I should have used the Eagle Eye Cherry reference Been like, hey, Eagle Eye Cherry, save tonight Do you know that one? That one I know Save tonight Fight the break of dawn Yeah, 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 that was a jam here So anyway If he My point, I don't know what point it was It was fun, we played the rodeo And the stage turned Rotating stage, I get car sick. I get elevator sick. I get sick. Well, look at my phone. Even if I'm walking and swiping, I get motion sickness. And so the stage rotated. 30 minutes one way, then 30 minutes the other way. And it never stopped moving. So you never knew where you were because it was all dark around you. It was an arena. It was a circle. So you never knew where you were. And it was so weird. And I was trying to avoid motion sickness. I would look down at the speaker and stare down. And then I would look up a bit because there were cameras on us because there were thousands of people there that come to watch it was crazy the people that come to these shows but they really are a lot of fun and so you're on this stage and we're in the middle of literally where they have the rodeo so there's mud and dirt everywhere and so Ahmad jumps blindly off the stage you can't see the ground and so he just goes just jumps he's singing Purple Rain and he jumps off the stage and I'm like you can't see the ground he didn't know where he's going to hit the ground and I was like, please don't come up limping. And he disappears. And all of a sudden he pops up and he's like, purple rain, purple rain. And the crowd is just laughing and loving it. And that was it was fun to do the Raging Idiot stuff because I really like our group of people. And we're doing festival shows this year. And we'll probably do some stuff. Um, I don't know when. I have, there's no plans. If it hasn't been announced, there's nothing. People, festival, big festivals invite us because we're just fun. You know, it's not like we're going to come play a bunch of new songs from, like, we have a few songs like Starbucks and um, She's a 10, I'm a 2. Which one do we, we play um, When I Grow Up and Every Day is a Good Day. Like, those are like our four songs that people kind of know. But other than that, we're just playing crazy stuff from Vanilla Ice to Eagle Eye Cherry to Stevie Wonder to Beastie Boy. Boy. Like, anything. We're just like, we're just a, we're, yeah, I used to really hate talking about because we're like because oh, Eddie and I just started with us two and an acoustic guitar in restaurants for 20 people and now it's, it's really wild 
Uh, gonna go. We've already overtime. Thank you for listening. I always love when you tweet me and say, "Hey, you're a, a Bobby Caster." Appreciate you guys. Well, I always like to tell, give you guys the inside scoop. What's happening on the show? If there's ever a question you have about inside scoop on the show, let me know. I'll, I'll address it one way or the other. And um, I always even like I feel like even if you don't agree with the recording thing, and I don't say sometimes that we're recording, at least you know, and I, and you know I know that you know that I know. So there you go. That's the end. <laughs> now you know. There you go. Now you know. Uh, thank you. Have a good one. We'll be back again this week with. If he's not sick, Shay McAnally, who's a humongous songwriter, like wrote a bunch of Sam Hunt songs. Mm-hmm. Like wrote a bunch, like multi-millionaire. Easy. Easy. But like is really the driving force behind Sam Hunt. Is now running a part of a record label that signed Walker Hayes. Like big, big deal. I think you'll like this. All right. Thank you. We'll see you next time here on the Bobbycast. Uh, Mr. Bobby Bones on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, Mike D is at Mike Destro at M I K E D E E S T R O at Mike Destro, or as I call him, Mike D's nuts. Yeah. All right, thank you. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Episode number forty. What? Four. Forty-four is over.